Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. I'm Nada Khan and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Professor Catherine Wallace, head of the general practice clinical unit at the University of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia. We caught up with her whilst she was in the UK to discuss the paper that she and first author Suzanne MacDonald have published here in the BJGP titled Acceptability and Optimization of of Resources to Support Antidepressant Cessation, a Qualitative Think Aloud Study with Patients. So thanks, Catherine, for joining us here today to talk about this paper. And I'm glad that we've done this whilst you're on UK soil to help avoid a time difference clash. This is a really interesting and clinically important area to talk about because use of antidepressants is common and increasing. But what do we know already about how to safely stop antidepressants in practice? I guess the first thing to say is that long-term antidepressant use has been increasing. Um, I mean, although a lot more people are starting on antidepressants, there's also been an increase in in long-term use of antidepressants, which we don't have good evidence for either the benefits, you know, or the harms, because most drug trials, as you're aware, sort of finish at around about 12 months. So, um, and so so there's a concern in particular about the long-term use. And one of the reasons why people are staying on them long-term is because whenever they stop them, they experience withdrawal symptoms and there's a lack of recognition, a lack of awareness of withdrawal symptoms and people sort of feel anxious and irritable um, or, you know, a myriad of other symptoms, withdrawal symptoms, that they don't recognise as withdrawal symptoms and they think, oh gosh, you know, this is how I feel, I'm even worse than I was before I went on them and I need to go back on them and stay on them to feel sort of okay. Um, and, and so the first thing that we need is, is to somehow raise awareness and recognition of, of withdrawal symptoms. And so um, that's one of the aims of the resources that we developed. And then, and then the thing is to provide tools that support people to safely stop antidepressants by minimising withdrawal symptoms. So that's why we developed the drug-specific hyperbolic tapering protocols, which provides you know, step-by-step guidance for people to safely and slowly wean off antidepressants. Mm. One of the other resources that we developed was a decision aid, which to facilitate informed decision-making by patients and to guide a discussion that patients can have with their GPs, um, you know, to help weigh up the pros and the cons of stopping antidepressants or continuing antidepressants. So at least it's it's an informed decision-making process rather than just... Um, you know, this misinformed thing, thinking, oh, gosh, I feel terrible if I miss them for a day or two. I still need them. You know, this is how I'll be for the rest of my life. And that, that's the kind of, um, you know, jumping to conclusions that we want to avoid. Mm. And this was part of the RELEASE cluster randomised trial. But tell us a bit more about RELEASE. What What is that trial aiming to do? So the release trial is is testing the effectiveness of these of, of the intervention that we've developed, um, which which comprises um, you know identifying patients in a, in a practice who are on long term antidepressants or who've been taking antidepressants for longer than twelve months, um, providing information and support and feedback to GPs about about the number of patients that they've got on long term antidepressants and some education and support around that. 
and then providing these resources um, that we've developed to patients, you know, via their GP. So providing that information to them so that can raise awareness and recognition on their part and open their eyes to, to another way of living, I guess, or, or a possibility of coming off antidepressants if that's what they want to do. Mm. And this study specifically looked and aimed to optimise three patient resources to raise awareness and recognition of withdrawal symptoms and give step-by-step guidance for tapering drug doses. And reading through the results and some of the quotes from the participants, it sounded like they really benefited from the information that they were reading and related to it a lot. Tell me a bit about Mm. what their experiences were and how they fit with what they read in the material that you presented to them. So we provided the the participants with the medicines information brochure, the decision aid and and a tapering protocol. And the medicines information brochure has got information about antidepressants, about what guidelines recommend for, for most people you know, the six to 12 months therapy um, about antidepressant adverse effects associated with with long-term antidepressant use and information about withdrawal symptoms um, and and information that might help people to distinguish withdrawal from so-called relapse. Um, And and the feedback that we got from patients on on that resource was that this information was new to them. They they weren't aware of that. They weren't aware that long-term antidepressants weren't indicated for most people. They weren't aware that withdrawal symptoms existed. They weren't aware that there were adverse effects associated with long-term antidepressant use. So the, the feedback that we got from, from the participants, um, who were all people with lived experience of long-term antidepressants, was that this was news to them. No one had ever told them that long-term use might not be a good idea yeah. and, and that there was you know, withdrawal symptoms and there was something you could do about that to stop them. Stop, anti- stop taking antidepressants if that's what you wanted to do. And was that a surprising finding to you? Would, would you expect that clinicians should be talking about withdrawal symptoms and long-term use at the point of prescribing? I think that is something that, that we would like clinicians to be doing. Definitely, yes. And I think also that it's something that we as clinicians weren't doing when we started using these prescribing these drugs you know, in the early 90s. So it's something that um, is becoming, you know, awareness is is coming in patients as well as in, in doctors now. Um, but, but that awareness hasn't been there in the past. You know, I mean, you, you've seen the recent publications about the chemical deficiency in my brain kind of idea and where that might have come from and how that's, you know, there's no good evidence behind that. But a lot of people did you know, understand that these these drugs, these antidepressants were correcting some sort of chemical imbalance and, and making everything right and making everything normal. So it's quite a quite an effort to sort of turn the Titanic, I guess, on, on that and, and shift that that thinking that's sort of been embedded for the last couple of decades. And what were the participants' views on the tapering schedules that you presented to them? Was that something that they were, again, surprised about how these medications should be tapered or is that what they were offered? No, that that was definitely news to them. And um, I mean, it's, it's news to everybody how you, because those, the, the drug mini doses that are required for t- hyperbolic tapering are not widely available. Um, and so, you, you know, in Australia, at least you need to use a compounding chemist or, or liquid formulation 
to to get the doses required. So so that was that was news to them. What they liked about the tapering protocols was, was that they were flexible, you know, and and they could go at their own speed. Um, they could they could pause. They could go more slowly. They could you know speed up um, if they wanted to. Um, and it was also news to them that they shouldn't. Uh, skip a skip a day, you know, because some people have sort of said said that, you know, I'll take take a half a pill and then take a half a pill alternate days and then stop, kind of thing. Um, but we now know that that's not a good idea. Yeah, so I think I think they felt, you know, the step by step guidance was was reassuring in the sense that they could, you know, it was it was clear instructions about you know how they could do it. And in terms of how you envisage these materials being used, is this something that GPs or clinicians in primary care would provide to their patients and work with them, or how do you envisage this being rolled out? The way we envisage them being rolled out would be that they would be available um, to all GPs via their practice management software, and and that's what we're testing in the trial. We we upload the resources into the GP's practice management software, so the GP is able to print out a medicines information brochure and give it to the patient. To print out a ta- drug-specific tapering protocol, give that to the patient, walk the patient through it, um, and, and and that's certainly how I use them in my practice, and um, how we envisage them being widely available. And and they GPs could do what what we're doing again in the trial. You know, run an audit in their practice, identify patients on long-term antidepressants, um, and provide information in 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 um, you know in a mail out to them invite them to come in for a conversation and to discuss their antidepressant medication. And what do you think the take-home message here is for going forward with this work or for GPs working with patients who are on long-term antidepressants? What would you like to tell them or their patients, really? I think really the, the key message is to to raise awareness and recognition of withdrawal symptoms and then to provide GPs and patients with, with the tools that they need to minimise withdrawal symptoms and enable to people to come off these drugs, you know, when they want to come off them. Because it's all very well. It's hard for GPs. And if you if you don't know, you know, how to guide somebody to taper off their drugs, then then something like this, which a GP can just print out, give to the patient, give them the instructions on how to do it, um, and then the patient can take that home and, and follow it. Is is quite you know, I find it useful in practice and, you know, it's helpful for patients and it's helpful for GPs. Are the resources locally specific to Australia or Brisbane or are these resources that we can or that you can, are shared sort of more widely or available more widely for people, say, in the UK to use? Yeah, they're not available widely yet because we're testing them in a trial. But certainly, the, 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 they could easily be used in, in the UK. I mean, obviously, some of our um, co-investigators are from the UK. Um, they're, they're drug specific; they're not country specific. Um, the medicines information brochure, the general information, the decision aid, but certainly not country uh, country confined to Australia. Great. So we'll wait to find or hear the results of the larger trial and hopefully we'll have access to this information because I agree that there has been um, some underrepresentation or maybe reduced knowledge amongst primary care clinicians about safe tapering of antidepressants and certainly we've published a bit here in the BJGP about clinical practice around tapering and it's um, 
I think it's been a bit of an eye opener for some of the clinicians about how slowly to taper. And you mentioned about liquid preparations and things. How well supported do you think that is in practice? You mentioned having to go to special dispensaries or pharmacists as well. Yes, so the, certainly the the drug mini doses are not widely available, and um, it, in Australia we only have um, liquid formulation for escitalopram. But there are ways for patients to, you know, crush and dilute their, you know, mix the drug into water and and, and do you know make liquid themselves for some of the drugs. Um, but otherwise, you do have to use a compounding chemist you know, go along with special instructions and they and the chemists are able to make them up into capsules for people to swallow that way. It's, it's more expensive for the patient that way, but but that's a possibility. And it, it's just important to note that the that the tapering protocols follow a hyperbolic tapering regimen, which means incrementally smaller decreases in drug dose as as you go down um, in in dose, in daily dose. And that's necessary to give steady decrease in brain receptor occupancy, and that's how we that's how we can minimise the uh, withdrawal symptoms to give a steady decrease in in brain receptor occupancy over time. Mm. It's really fascinating work, and I'm excited to hear more about the trial results because I think that will be really interesting, and hopefully we'll be able to sh- or see the uh, resources that you have available for wider dissemination. So great. Yeah, it's been really fascinating hearing about it. And I think that's a good place to really wrap things up. Um, but I just okay. wanted to say thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. That's lovely. Look, thanks so much. And thank you all very much for your time here and for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. It would also be great to see you all at the BJGP Research Conference, which is being held on the 22nd of March, 2024 in London. The conference website is up and running at bjgp.org forward slash conference. Thanks again for your time and bye. Bye.